welcome to C3 Wellington and Hutt City. Need something fresh, real and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get podcast notifications, updates on events, collective groups and a whole lot more. We're so glad you're joining us for a powerful and thought-provoking message from one of our pastors. We would love to hear how God has touched you in your life. Get in touch through our website, c3churchwellington.nz. So, sit back and enjoy this message. This message series. It's come out of an observation. That we can, not just our church, but church in general, but in our church, that we can play the game of Christianity and not keep moving towards the heart of God. And it, it's, it's frustrating a little bit as a, as a pastor or a leader or whatever, you know, as your shepherd, to want it for you. <laughs> I just want you to just be overwhelmed by Jesus. It's all, I mean, if I could ask for one thing, is that you get to experience the love of Jesus in such a powerful and real way because it's there for you it's so there for you and it's like you know the saying you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink and I just want to just with all things just like sometimes encourage and sometimes just slap you come on shake you you've got such an incredible thing in front of you take it take it take it and so this message series it's been a message series about holiness but the outcome of holiness is deeper relationship there's the why behind it it's not goody goody two shoes I'm not I'm not after self-righteous goody goody two shoes oh look I'm holy you know like I you know I'm a monk and I walk around in it you know and I'm like just I float around you know on this cloud of of nothing touches me no I'm uh, holiness the outcome of holiness like I said last week is more Jesus more Jesus and my question we did two weeks ago in the Jesus meter is how much Jesus is in your life and not, not to condemn you Jesus didn't come to condemn you but to convict your heart into a place to pull you from the this this apathetic what does the revelation say this lukewarm lifestyle because you've got such purpose on your life you know and and like I can preach and preach and preach and I, I believe it's helping somebody and I believe that we're stepping. But like I don't, I just don't want to be lip service to this stuff. Like we, you know, you know, you can encourage um, Abby, Abby and I, we talked on Monday and I was probably in a bit of a funk and I, I apologise to Abby. I was in a funk that night and uh, it wasn't a great, a positive conversation from my end anyway. And um, you have these moments, but can we, we can be vulnerable, can't we? You know, I'm honest, I don't care about live streaming or messages. I just want to, we're a church and we're a family and let's grow together. Let's walk together. You know, but part of my frustration was I was thinking that I can preach this message about get up and spend time with God, but I wonder who would do it. And again, I'm not trying to heap condemnation upon you, but like the reality is that we can label ourselves something, but what does our lifestyle show? What does our action show? Because belief or faith is belief in action. What does our actions show about who we believe and what we have in Jesus? And so I just, I've had a tension all week about what to do with this message. Because the message of my life is, is closeness with Jesus. It's the message of my life. It's my, it's my message I have. It's my reality, it's my walk as I was the Christian that played the game 
that performed, that thought that men, other people held the keys to my life and if I could just impress them or serve enough or do enough that I might get elevated. Always had a passion for the church, always had a passion to build a church, wanted to plant a church, but there was this, this brokenness within me that was keeping me in a headspace and not allowing my heart to be arrested by God. And so one moment, well, lots of moments, but God just brought me near. He just finally smashed through the head, smashed through this religiousness, smashed through this, this, this wall of opposition. And because we guard our hearts, we protect our hearts. It's what we do. But you see, you can't have a relationship with Jesus without opening the depth of who you are to Him. And so that's the challenge. Isn't it? See, the thing is that things war against our heart. They damage our heart. And so we protect our heart. And then the very person who wants to heal those, we keep on the outside. And we create or formulate a, a religion that we call Christianity. But we come into a place apathetic and not moved by the presence and the power of God. And then we think we've tried Jesus, but we haven't tried Jesus at all. And I just don't, I want... If, with his ear in my lungs as a pastor and I get the privilege of doing this is just to keep pulling you into a relationship with Jesus and um, and so my tension this week was this the last sentence of this scripture that we've been in Psalm 27 verse 4 in this above all series the last part of this verse says this I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer it's the last line I wanted to focus in on but there's two parts of that sentence I want to live my life so close to him that's what I'm so passionate about and he takes pleasure in my every prayer and I thought man it would be such a, so important because it's the I want to live so close to him that and it's like, it feels like the second part of that sentence is what we need to really drive home about building a, a, a powerful prayer life. So do I focus on closeness or do I focus on prayer? Do I focus on closeness? I called it, it says here above all prayer. And then they'll ask me, what are you calling this? And I, at the end, I'm like, no, call it close. <laughs> I'm like, I'm flipping. Is it prayer or is it close? The problem, the, the point is this. It's both, right? It's both. Because David understood something. He says, if I live my life so close to Him, you will take delight in my every prayer. There will be this closeness of relationship, this built relationship on trust and discovering who you are and who I am. And in that place where I've discovered you and I've allowed you into me and, and we've knitted into a relationship that all of a sudden what's on your heart is on my heart. And when I'm praying, I'm praying with you and to please you and to align my heart with you and with heaven. And it's just like what Jesus said. When his disciples asked him, how do we pray? Our Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. Just like a line in your heart with heaven. And so this morning I have still poured over this going, I don't know what, where to take this God. Because I feel like the first thing is closeness. The first step every step is closeness um, so as I said 
I want to challenge apathy. I want to challenge that place of disinterest, disengagement. And I know the answer is always Jesus. Would we open our hearts again this morning to the person of Jesus Christ? And I'm going to let Troy keep playing because it's awesome. And I'm not going to hold us long here to this morning. I've got a lot of notes, but most of these notes are around prayer. <laughs> oh man, God. Come on, what do we pray? Father God, I, I stand here and I feel conflicted with what you want to do this morning. On one hand, I've got these notes. On the other hand, I feel you're calling us just to respond. Just to respond to you. just to take a moment to take stock of our hearts and our lives and to really look deeply and say am I in a passionate relationship with Jesus Christ is getting a little bit of a little bit of the disease a little bit of it so that your body can learn to build antibodies to fight it so that you don't get all of it that's what inoculation is and my concern is that we've experienced a little bit just enough that we think we're okay but he wants to invade and infect your whole life he wants to overrun every part of you I've got a couple of prayers that I wanted to talk about today You see, closeness is required. One of the prayers I wanted to talk about today was the prayer of indifference. And I wanted to reference Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. That moment for you and me, we had to really let go of Himself for you and for me. So much so that He had to call upon an angel to strengthen Him and He was sweating blood for you and for me. moment he said not my will like he said can you take if you could take the cup from me take it from me God this is almost too much for me to bear but not my will but your will be done it takes closeness and trust to pray that prayer 
takes a deep, real trust to let go and abandon yourself to the will of another. And God is calling you to abandon yourself to His will. What would happen if we abandoned ourselves to His will and let go of the rudder of our lives and trust in Him? Bex and I would not be standing, He would not be here if we did not allow Him to take the rudder of our lives. But that was born out of a place of building communion and closeness and and that came through prayer. That came through carving out a place of prayer. You listen to the words. You listen to the words when it says here, and this is just before Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke 22 verse 39. Jesus left the upper room with His disciples and as was His habit, went to the Mount of Olives, His place of secret prayer. I'm not wanting to build into you religious action. It's not about doing stuff to be anything. It's about understanding that when you when you keep when you just get it, <laughs> when you receive, when your heart just gets the love of Jesus. You'll be driven. You'll be driven along by him. What big decisions are you making in your life? That He wants to guide you into. Very practical, right? Let me tell you a story. Um, I'm going to tell you two stories. The first one was when we were moving, when you were moving to Wellington, we were moving on March the 12th, 2016. Set the date six months out. And if Waitangi weekend, February, first weekend of February I had one weekend to get down here find us a house and find me a job <laughs> because we're moving and uh, with leave and the cost of getting down here I came on my own and went on that search of a house at home we looked we had like 12 properties to look at the week before I came down here I had one job interview lined up for another flooring company uh, I'm in flooring I've been in carpet and vinyl wood flooring for as a salesperson and a manager for most of my working life so it's my wheelhouse I know it and when the reps got hot wind of me leaving and moving down here they because the reps travel around the country they knew of some opportunity and one was this job and from December I had this lined up and I thought it was the job I didn't need a second. I just thought this is the job. God, you've just laid this out for me. And uh, the week before, I get a phone call from one of the Guthrie Baron guys. I work for Guthrie Baron. He says, hey, I'm off to a wedding. So the week before, I'm off to this wedding with this guy who works for Carpet Court. He's one of the top guys. And I'm going to put it, I, there's nothing for you in Guthrie Baron in Wellington, but I'm going to put in a good word for you with this Carpet Court guy. And I thought, that's cool. And then on the Wednesday, I get a voicemail, Steve, I spoke to him at the wedding, he's interested in speaking to you, here's his number, give him a call. So I gave him a call, got his voicemail, left him a voicemail, and for the ego God, I've taken the step, he's back in your court, 
It's back in your court. When God hits the ball, you've got to hit it. But then you've got to wait, see what it does next, right? I'm flying down on Saturday. On the Thursday, I get a call from the regional manager of Carpet Court saying, we want to meet with you. Two days from flying down here. Come down to the interviews and looking for the house. And I wanted to live in Kandala, Johnsonville, Nio, but maybe Churton Park, but somewhere around Mount Cow Cow. <laughs> that was my circle I was looking. I don't want to stray far from that place of vision. Um, and if you don't know that story, it's another story. But I didn't want to stray from that place of vision. And none of the houses seemed right. I went to the interview, the first interview, the one I thought was a set job. This is going to be the one. And it just felt, didn't felt right. Didn't feel the connection. Didn't feel, it just was kind of, meh, take it or leave it kind of feeling. That was Saturday. Sunday, same thing. Um, but on the Saturday, Saturday night, now Bex had cell phone reception on the windowsill at our place. Only cell phone reception on the windowsill. And we had no landline. So I'm down here and she's like maybe getting messages out to me, maybe. So this is a bit of a trust God moment, right? And she gets this message out to me. I've seen this place listed in Mangaraki and I love it. It's just been listed. And I'm like, cool, I'll go and I'll check it out. And it was in Lower Hut. And I said, no way. No way. I do not want to live in Lower Hut. That's what I said. And Bex texts me back this word, indifference. Indifference. Ignatius of Loyola back in like 300 AD, he spoke of holy indifference. By indifference, he does not mean apathy or disinterest. He simply means we must become indifferent to anything but the will of God. Ignatius taught that the degree to which we are open to an outcome or answer from God is the, deg is the degree to which we are ready to really hear what God has to say. If we are clutching or overly attached to one outcome versus another, we won't hear God clearly. Our spiritual ears will be deafened by the racket of our disordered lives, fears and attachments. In such a state, it is almost a foregone conclusion that we will confuse our will with God's will. I didn't want to live in my heart. I wanted to live near Mount Cow Cow, like. So I rung, so Beck said indifference, and I'm like, you're right, I, I have to be indifferent about this. So I rung the guy, long story short, ended up with two things happening before we flew back on the Monday. I had an interview with Carpet Court and I drove to this house in Mangaraki and then I was flying home. The interview with Carpet Court went really well. The guys seemed amazing. They were gonna carve and make, they are gonna make a job specifically for me. They were gonna make a job tailor-made for me. And then I'm driving down Highway 2 towards Mangaraki, seeing Mount Kaukau disappear in the distance, going, <laughs> But then I drove up Mangaraki Road, up, well, whatever it's called, Douse Drive, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know, I don't want to like this, but I like this. And I drove past the little shopping centre in the school, I'm like, this is really neat. And I drove outside the house and parked, and I beat the guy there 
thank goodness, because I just got whacked by the Holy Spirit and tears started flowing. And I'm like, that's our house. That's our house. And in that moment, it's like, I am so thankful, God, that I was indifferent in that moment. See, God wanted to lead us to the hut and that was the start of it, it was a house. The start of it was a house. I don't know why the hut. God called us to Wellington. God called us to plant four churches in this, in this area, in this city. And the hut was part of that. But I'm like, just like, if I had my way, it would have been different. But God was leading us because He has a plan for us. And so we said yes to the house before we had a job. We had to sign over saying yes to the house. But you see, you, could, you, can, you can take the step of faith when you know that God has made it clear to you. We didn't have a job. We didn't know how much we we're gonna earn. We were paying $200 rent in Fidianga and this was gonna be $580 rent. It was like, what? We have a massive step of faith, right? But when God has spoken, it gives you confidence and faith and courage. So we took the step. And then comes the job offers, both got two job offers. And then what do we do? And the carpet court one was the right one for us. But you see, I didn't want to just say yes to that. I wanted to know that I know that I knew that that was from God. So I got the offer on the Friday and I said, I'll give you an answer on the Monday. And I got up that morning and I just said, God, I want to know. If you want us to go on faith, I'll say no to this job and we'll go on faith. Because here's the thing, we're going to, we're going to plant a church, man. That's what you called us to. You haven't called us to sell carpet. But at the same time, if that's your way of provision, then we'll go that way. But I need you to speak. And so I just laid it before the God in a place of indifference, which at that point was great because I scared Bex this time, which is awesome. She's like, but I'm like, hey, babe, if God says we're going without a job, we're going without a job. Like we're just, you know, so I laid it before God and God just said this to me. You'll find your answer in Zechariah. You'll find your answer in Zechariah. You'll find your answer in Zechariah. He said it three times. And my first thought was this. Oh, Zechariah is a book in the Bible, eh? Yeah, I didn't just make that. I could, you know, because that's the truth. I thought, oh yeah. Yeah, Zechariah is a book in the Bible, thank goodness. Um, so I thought, okay, chapter one, verse one, let's start reading. And in chapter three, verse seven, chapter three, it says, oh, sorry, let me back that story up. In my journal, I drew, I'm like, God, I need to know. And I drew in my journal, I wrote 14 and I wrote carpet court on the right. And I wrote question mark on the left. And I wrote, God, your kingdom come, you will be done. You tell us what to do. And then, I, and then he says, you'll find your answer. So I turn to Zechariah and chapter three says that right of access. And in chapter seven, seven it said, left is desolate. So we counted the offer and God provided us an income to sustain us here through carpet court. That language right of access meant something to me because when God spoke, the first vision of Wellington was he gave us keys. He said, he gave me this set of keys. He said, I'm giving you the keys to the city. Come on, let's go. 
keys represent access and authority. And when he said that carpet court is the right of access, it spoke the language of the vision and the call to Wellington. I knew that this was his plan. It wasn't plan B, it was his plan. But yeah, I had to come to him with a heart of indifference. I had to come to him going, whatever is your desired outcome, we will say yes, and God will often pull us to a place of faith. He wants to build in you a trust in Him that cannot happen if we don't come close. We must come close. Church, how close are we to Jesus this morning? Do you have a heart of indifference? Like Jesus, does your heart say, your kingdom come and your will be done? Whatever is your will for my life, it's a yes and amen from me. Because when you have Jesus, you have everything you need. You have everything you need. Come on, church, are we inoculated? Can we come into this place every Sunday and not be moved? Do we come into this place and sit in a place of, with a critical spirit, judging the words, wondering if we agree? Or do we come into a place going, Jesus, what do you want to say to me today? How can I build unity here today? And where's your heart at this morning, church? He's calling us close. He's calling us close. Can we stand? I'm not sharing those stories with you to boast and boast in relationship or boast. I just want I just want you to understand that He wants to lead you, guide you, direct you. But like he's he's a gentleman, he's not gonna shout across the room to you. He wants you to come close. He wants to whisper to you. He wants to tell you how much He loves you. He wants to minister to your heart the damage. Man, like God dealt with so many, like along the journey, like I, the power, man, I can tell you some stories, but the way that God just removed rejection from my life, man, like, so powerful in His presence, man. Like, rejection cannot stay. <laughs> Has no place. Oh, if we'd just come close. David said, I want to live my life so close to Him that He takes pleasure in my every prayer. One of the prayers 
that God loves is the prayer of indifference. What is your will for my life? What is the will for my life?